Hey everyone, welcome to the How to Be a Dad Without a Dad podcast. This is uh, Andy, uh, and with me today is Jose. How's it going, Jose? Pretty good in yourself. That's a good intro, eh? <laughs> It's not too bad. It's not too bad. I've been practicing, well, I haven't been practicing it, but yeah, it's, it's a good thing to share the hosting duties a little bit and uh, do different intros at different times. It's, uh, it's good practice, you know, like you need to become better in some things. I need to become better yep. in other things, you know. Uh, so yeah, so I'm like at the beginning, I'm like, hey, you want to introduce the show, and you're like, what? Huh? Huh? <laughs> but you never know. You you know, will become something, and then you could start doing your own podcast about motor racing and things like yeah. that. So might as well, you know, jump in the in the in the in the waters and be your own host. You know, we're here to help other people. We're also help. T- we're here to help each other. You know being yep. parents and stuff like that. So this podcast is about two parents who have, you know, different lifestyles. We live in different countries. Um, and also we're here to help people um, about sharing our stories about how we are dads. We're brand new dads. Uh, we both didn't have a dad uh, growing up um, uh, as a kid. So that affected our, you know, our lives in a little bit in different ways. And now we're dads and we're here just sharing stories about what we do, what we don't do. We share, you know, uh, advices, we share different things. So, you know, so I, I wanted to share the co-host uh, duties <laughs> with you. And I I'm like, it. I and you did pretty it. good. I- I think what's also really important to point out is that uh, my son is uh, just coming up to six months and uh, your son is a slightly different age as well. He's two. He's going to be three next month because it's yeah. already July. Can you believe that? Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. But that's why it's always nice to talk to you, Jose, because you're like my little cheat sheet for <laughs> what my son's going to get up to in a, in like a couple of years or a couple of months. So, uh, yeah, it's always a learning experience. It's good. Uh, and the show is uh, How to Be a Dad Without a Dad. And it's based off of my book. So I wrote a book called How to Be a Dad without a dad and it's available on amazon google play ibooks everywhere so if anybody wants to check it out it's also available in england you're the only one who had bought uh uh a book outside the united states um did your mom we we, said we can work on that man are we gonna have your are we gonna have your mom as a guest pretty soon (laughs) Uh, we're gonna try to. We're gonna try to get her on. My uh, my mum is uh, she's pretty technology averse, so that would be quite interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, we're gonna try and get her on. She's she is reading your book right now, man. Oh yeah. Well, uh, the, the reason yeah. I'm saying is because we actually you came to LA when I was in Denver, I think, and yep. um, I uh, I left the book for your mom. I actually left a couple of things for yourself, but thanks to yeah. my girlfriend, you were only able to get a book. <laughs> <laughs> I still appreciated it. I still very much appreciated it. And the thing is, like, uh, who knows? I could be in your neck of the woods soon or at some check point. Check you who out. Knows? There's yeah. couple, or uh, I sent you a picture. I may be applying for a position available <laughs> where you work, and you know, yes, move yes. all the way to the other continent uh, in the world. Because, um, do you want to tell people what you do? Yeah, so I work for a games developer based in Portsmouth, UK called Free Jam. 
And Free Jam, is, basically, they make two different games at the moment. Uh, well, three, actually. So, Robocraft on PC, Robocraft Infinity on Xbox One, and Card Life, which is a new game coming to PC, uh, which is available now, but it's in very early alpha, I would probably say. Um, we'll be hitting early access at some point soon. And... Um, yeah, we we're looking for a new like product marketing manager person. So uh, yeah, Jose, if you want to apply, or if you know anyone that fancies to change the scenery, like uh, yeah, give them my number, man. Uh, and right now the weather over there is pretty good, so I'll be comfortable, right? You guys are going would... through a heat warning over there yes, in the UK. Yes, we're going for a heat wave at the moment. It's around about ninety degrees Fahrenheit. Um, it's been like that consistently for the past five days, and. Like I said to you, I think a couple of podcasts ago, like UK people don't really know how to deal with heat. Like we're not built for it at all. Yeah, so. you guys melt, right? Yeah, basically we all melt. Well, the thing is, man, like, you know, we we, we don't tan well. We just turn into lobsters and that's about it. <laughs> and uh, what's also bad is that we, we don't have good air con either. So like when you go to the States or when you go pretty much anywhere that's used to this sort of heat, uh, there's air con up the wazoo everywhere, whereas we don't have that. Um, so, uh, and we have a population that absolutely worships the sun at the same time. It's kind of a, uh, a little bit of a, of a, of an anomaly, um, because they never know when the sun's going to disappear. So you get lots of, uh, stories of people ending up in accident and emergency wars, uh, wards because they, uh, have, uh, you know, uh, like a sunburn too much or dehydration or whatever. Yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. Um, but we'll have this for another couple of weeks and then it will go down to normal UK weather. I'll be much What's more one of those things that you always want what you don't have and once you have it yeah. you're like ah, okay enough yeah dude i'm so ready for it to go like uh wait so you don't have an ac at your house nope nope We've how's your son doing i mean who cares about you two how's your son doing <laughs> with the with the heat he's doing okay he does have uh the occasional so at the moment he's sleeping which is good um but uh we uh, when so when we're recording this is about 10 o'clock at night on the sunday um yeah, he he's okay. He he definitely gets a little bit sweaty because um, he's on the kind of the he's he's quite tall for his age. And um, stop bragging. What's that? Sorry. Don't be bragging over here. No, <laughs> he's he's tall, man. He's super buff. He's uh he's definitely he's he's becoming a right unit. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> he's uh. He, he he gets on okay. The only problem is when he like upsets himself or gets in a little bit of a of a paddy or, or starts screaming or anything like that. Because obviously once he gets up in temperature and starts sweating, it's quite hard to get him down temperature again. Um, and obviously the temperature rise with him if he's hot, that's going to give him more chance of complaining even more. So um, car journeys are quite fun um, because obviously he's in a seat, but. Uh, sometimes cars can feel like you know like the glass house effect right like we've got loads of different sun rays coming in different areas so it can be quite hot but yeah he's, he's getting on all right it's not too bad we have all the windows open uh while he's sleeping which is good so we kind of get a nice airflow and um some uh, uh like a massive fan in his room as well which works great as not only background noise to help him sleep but also to uh cool down the room what do you guys put um like during nap time or anything that you guys put music noise or things like that yeah basically always at nap time we we put a uh, background noise on so uh, like is... white noise if you like so like anything that kind of keeps a steady beat keeps a steady rhythm so um, so like electronic free... music 
<laughs> yeah, Fat Boy Slim, he loves that stuff. No, uh, it would be uh, something like a fan going along or like a rainstorm or rainwater. Like really? Or keep going, yeah. Is that yeah, an app? Really yeah, yeah, even for naps. <laughs> <laughs> no, we just tune in into the like right now. My my my, basically my girlfriend and my son are off because I'm here and I'm back home. I've been home for about four or five days, so they took my girlfriend. It's a teacher, and it's that stage where the year ends, so she's mm -hmm. able to like take vacations, but she also has to work. So they've been off for about five days. She worked one day, so like um. So for him to go to sleep at this time is kind of late, but it doesn't matter because they're not going to go to um to school tomorrow or to work. So, but we always put the um, the classical musical uh, radio station here. So it, they're always listening to Bach, Beethoven, or those fifteen minute operas or whatever. Uh, it's yeah. funny to like go in and just check because I'm a paranoid parent. So yeah. even though he's sleeping, he's going. I know he's going to sleep for three hours. I go if I'm awake, I go and check him every 15 minutes, even though I know he's fine. I'm like little. My girlfriend's like watching a movie for two hours, and I'm here like going in and out every 15 minutes just to check he's okay, which he is. <laughs> But every time I go in, it's a different opera or a different classical musical. And uh, like yesterday, I was trying to take a nap with him. I forgot how. Um, Like, if somebody ever says that they don't like classical music, I always want to ask them, like, uh, do you like Indiana Jones? And they're like, yeah. Do you like Star Wars? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, so you do like classical music? Because it's funny to think that yeah. all those, like, big movies have classical musical, you know? Or, like, that. Yeah, that yeah. is... Because, you know, the Star Wars theme, they always play it on the classical musical station because it is classical music, you know? Yep. So it's one of those things that if somebody ever tells me, like, oh, I don't like classical music, and I'll be like, ah, do you like Star Wars? Yeah. Yeah. Then you do, because it's funny. Like, I never heard the whole the whole song until I started listening to the classical music. So, But it's funny that there's so many... Even that, um, you know, every time that they play that, that horse song... That's a classical music uh, um, song, <laughs> so which is funny, yeah, you know? Um, with the Lone Ranger kind of thing, right? Yeah, so it's like, yeah. you know, everybody likes classical music. And it makes it you smarter. Yeah, right. I think it's uh, what's really interesting is that uh, so both those soundtracks that you mentioned, um, Indiana Jones, Star Wars, both by John Williams. Yeah. Uh, and also like uh, Hans Zimmer. It's worth checking out Hans Zimmer because Hans Zimmer is one of the most prolific people in Hollywood. Like he does soundtracks for pretty much every he's he must be so busy because he does at least like 10, 15, 20 soundtracks a year, it seems. Um, but his stuff is always really, really, really good. Yeah, he uh, won like, a, an Oscar for the Star Wars theme in 1978. Don't ask me how I know that, but <laughs> that's because I listened to the classical music station. Yeah, I still think he does stuff in the new trilogy as well. And I think um, I think it's... Oh, man, I'm going to torture the pronunciation of this guy's name, but it's Michael Giannucci, I think. He did the new Star Trek anthem and he think he does some of the new star wars stuff as well um the next star wars new film like the numbered one is going to be the first one that john williams doesn't actually score i think he's passing it on to someone else so yeah i think i'm getting that right wow check it you nerd 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, I work in the video games industry. Like, what do you expect? I mean, it's 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 part of the course. Uh, it's part. <laughs> it's part of the job uh, requirements. Hey, so um, so we're talking about uh before we go along everything, let's talk about the World Cup. I mean, it's been amazing World Cup. And I yes. told my friend yesterday when. Uh, so we're recording on Sunday. Today is Sunday, and we just witnessed uh, Spain got out. I mean, got kicked by Russia, and you know, Putin yep. probably did something about it. But whatever. Penalty shootout. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Croatia won uh, against you know uh, Denmark in penalty shoot shootout. Um, and <laughs> I actually like Croatia really, really much. But I was telling my friend that I think Uruguay and England is going to be, you know, you know, the final. What do you think? Oh, what dude, do you think I'd of the World that. Cup? I mean, it's it's been amazing. Germany's out. Argentina's out. What a disgrace of all those countries. But anyways, like. <laughs> so I think I think it's been the best World Cup that I remember watching ever. Like uh, the first World Cup that I ever watched was Italia 90. Um My favorite World Cup prior to this one was probably France 98, uh, where England were knocked out of Ar by Argentina. Um, Do you know who so won I, that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So France 98 was won by the hosts. It yeah. Was won, by, was won by France. Um, Zidane. And I think that Russia are looking amazing today. Like Obviously, today they, they knocked out Spain. It was very much by penalty shootout. And they, they did. Like We have a term in the UK called parking the bus. Um, that means where essentially you uh, like figurative, figuratively, it's supposed to mean you park a bus in front of the goal, so no one can possibly put the ball in the goal. Yeah, so they um, just play behind the whole time. Yeah, exactly. So basically, what Russia did today is they just put so many people behind the ball um, all the time, so they're really hard for Spain to break through. But the ironic thing was is that Spain started to put on a lot of attacking players uh, during like the, the second half and into extra time. And they started to get through, but by then it was too late. Uh, they did have a penalty shout as well during extra time, um, which wasn't a penalty at all, which was good. Uh, so I think, you know, uh, Spain being knocked out is obviously sad, but it increases England's chances of winning it potentially. because I think that, you know, England's squad at the moment is so young, got so much pace We could break down the uh, Russian defenses, I think. Um, Uruguay are a really interesting one. Like their game against Portugal yesterday was, um, they're a really hard team to play because they're so energetic. Well, because you they... know what? Like Uruguay has, it's it's funny that every, Uruguay has that team that nobody sees the team except mm. Juarez. I mean, uh, Suarez yeah. and uh, uh, what's his name? I always butcher his name. Uh, Ganovari or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. they only see him, them two. They never see how their defense is really good. Their defense yep. is really, really good. I think it's one of those teams that I think they only have, like, been scored, like, twice. I yeah. think they were, like, you know, zero the whole time. And if they continue like that, if uh, Ganovari comes back and he's, you know, he's available to play, they might take it all. And I don't see, I mean, you know, I don't like Russia at all because it could be a lot of uh, hormones in those players that, you know, there's a lot of, you know, drugs. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Especially <sighs> if you take the Olympic kind of form into, uh, into yeah, consideration. Yeah, so I don't consider Russia. I, I've, 
if they win it, they cheat it big time. There's no way yeah. Russia could win it or should win it. <laughs> uh, but I think England has one of those young teams, which is a good thing where you have young teams where like they don't care. You yeah. know, you know what I mean? Because their mind are, you know, free. You yeah. know, that mentality of like, I don't give a fuck, which is good and bad. You know, yeah. you know, but if they're young, go for it. But I think, I mean, I don't know how their bracket is, but hopefully we get to see Uruguay in, in England and then I get to see you go crazy. <laughs> so the the way that the brackets are working is that, so essentially England play Colombia on Tuesday night and then the winners of that then play either Sweden or Switzerland. And then I believe we were set to play Spain or Portugal. Um, well, obviously, Portugal are out and Spain are out. So I guess at this point, we're probably going to play Russia, um, depending on who Russia play next. So I know that we're clear of Brazil. I think we might be clear of Uruguay as well. So Mexico play Brazil, I think it's tomorrow. tomorrow. Um, so that's going to be an amazing game because like Brazil still haven't really kicked off yet. And Neymar is like Neymar Jr. I've never seen him play a good game, which is so annoying because... He's got he's world renowned, right? He's supposed to be one of the most. Whoa! You never seen him play there. a good game with Brazil, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, it's one of those things. Like it makes you think whether they are super good or they're mm. just super good at scoring. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. are you super super good, or your team is super good to give you the ball and you score? Yeah. You know what I mean? There's two different things. You know, like. So, Definitely. you know, like it's, I mean, Messi is the best in the world, but he can't do it all either, you know? And like, uh, it's one of those things that that's why you like Uruguay right now, because they are the only team that is playing as a team, you know, yeah. that they know each other. They, they know what they're going to be doing, you know, and Croatia too. I mean, who would have thought? I mean, but once you see the players and once you recognize the names, you're like, oh, okay, that's yeah. why they're good, you know? I think with Croatia as well is that, you know, obviously they got Modric, but Modric has played well, but he hasn't played crazy well this World Cup. Um, but again, they're, they're just, they're the only team I've seen play 4-3-3 and do it in a really uh, defensive way, if that makes sense. Like, they still have three people up front, but they're, they're so proactive and they've got such a pacey team and they, they're so, like, devastating in the final third that they just tend to get goals. I was really, really shocked tonight that Denmark took them to a penalty shootout. Like, I didn't expect that to happen at all because Denmark have always been, like, they've always been a defensively-minded team and I expected Croatia to just blast past them, but they didn't. Um, but that's really been the story of this World Cup. Like, teams, so-called big teams or favourites, they just haven't... Um, They haven't necessarily performed. So like Suarez is a great example of that for Uruguay. Like Suarez hasn't actually had a good World Cup by his standards. But Uruguay's have got such a good team and they've got such a good team ethic that they've been able to kind of perform regardless. Um, but have you really seen Suarez? See. I mean, this guy is either like in great shape or he's on coke every game because <laughs> like this guy never stops running. He, he, he never, never stops, well, that, stops running. That's why uh, that's why Barcelona wanted to sign him. Like when he played for Liverpool uh, in the English Premier League, he was amazing because he just literally the one season where Liverpool could have won it, uh, which would have been two seasons ago at this point. Um, it was him, Suarez, and Gerrard just hooked together, 
like so well. And Suarez basically just bossed it. He was doing brilliantly. He was playing up front with... So Sterling was in their team at that point as well. Uh, and Sturridge, Daniel Sturridge. And Sturridge and Suarez hooked up together so well. Um, and they had a really good understanding of each other. And basically, once Suarez left, like Sturridge has really struggled. Like I don't even think he's in the England team. Um, so, you know, I think that tells you how good Suarez is. Like not only in like when you put give the ball to him in the box but also it's just like his link-up play is brilliant and because he runs all day uh i can imagine let's say if you know let's say if it was a russian uruguay final or whatever like i don't think it will but uh i think that suarez will probably tear them apart um but yeah it's gonna be very interesting i can't wait to see how brazil play against mexico because i actually went to the olympic games final when in london 2012 uh, and that really? was Mexico versus Brazil. And like literally walking up to Wembley with me and a few mates, we were like, oh, Brazil are going to tear Mexico apart. It's going to be great. Can't wait to see it. And then we turned up and it was completely the other way around. Like Mexico just completely bossed Brazil in every way, shape or form. Oh, yeah. Um, they, I think they scored two quick goals and then Brazil just like completely five zero shrank away. Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it, it was absolutely crazy. It's, um, go it's going to be like that. Didn't I, I so. didn't I tell you that, you know, like, I hope Mexico continues like that? Because yeah. it's one of those things that by winning against Germany, you know, you think you won the World Cup as Latinos have yeah. it, as Mexico has it. And yeah. they won the next game, which is, you know, good. But then Germany loses against South Sweden. Korea. Two, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. South two, Korea, yeah, you're two right. Zero. Yeah, that's what it was. So does yeah. that mean that Germany is bad and that's why Mexico won? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So does that diminish Mexico's win against Germany? Because if you think about it, South Korea, South Korea. <laughs> I mean, Mexico must have beat South Korea though, right? Um, I I think the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 2-0. They must have. 2-1. Two, yeah. Two, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Because the thing is with South Korea is that they're like, that, that Germany game is really weird though, man. Like Germany, South Korea was bizarre because it was, Germany had a bunch of chances in that game and they just didn't finish them off. Uh, and then obviously South Korea get, um, I think they get a penalty uh, and then they get a break in the box and then that's it. And then they lose. It's crazy. It's just, but you've you've had that. What I've really enjoyed about this World Cup is I think all the VAR stuff, like the video assisted refereeing, has actually really helped. It's made it a, a very good World Cup. Like I haven't seen that much controversy about decisions being bad. I've seen controversy about VAR implementation being bad. Um, in that essentially the referee can call it as much as he wants, and there's long delays. But I think overall, what's been really cool is that like supporters have been able to celebrate goals twice. Because, you know, there's the, oh, they scored, brilliant. Oh, wait, no, it's going to be, uh, <laughs> oh, wait, yeah, it's still a goal, fantastic. Like, that's that's really cool. Uh, and that's something that other sports have had for ages as well. So it's finally, it's cool to see it in football. All right, so do you, I mean, Colombia's good, man. Colombia is one, you know, Colombia's like, like, like England. They kind of play yeah. like England. Yeah. So they have really young talent. They have really you know, strong people that could run, that they could play, that they could, you know, sustain their stamina and everything. So it's going to be, you know, I mean, I have a lot of Colombian friends, but I think I'll be rooting for England because I still want to see Uruguay-England. 
Yeah, that would be cool, man. Uh, I appreciate that, Jose. But but who knows? I mean, the so if England wins, will be against Russia. You say no. So if if England win, it will be against uh, the winners of Sweden versus Switzerland, who I believe play tomorrow as well, or the day after. Um, that should be an easy it, game then. I think the the strong game will be tomorrow. Uh, maybe, will be maybe. For you I mean guys, the. the the only thing with this World Cup is that it's kind of told everyone that there are no easy games, right? Like, and if we have to play the holders, I think it's with Russia is they've got such an old team that I think England can probably break them down. Um, now, if I they're think, cheating, I mean, not if they're well, like... I mean, who knows, man? <laughs> who knows? Guys. But I, I would hope not. I would hope that FIFA would be wise enough to, to test them rigorously, right? With yeah. their like, with their sporting history, but who knows? I think the biggest thing for me is that Colombia not only in terms of the way that they play, but their their history of their team is quite similar to England as well, right? Where they've never, uh, what's the term? Um, they're never a bride, bride, always the bridesmaid. Uh, yeah, and... You know, like, they're always the supporting character in World Cups. Um, they've got to quarters before, I believe. They never do, like, crazy well in the Copa de America. So, yeah, it's going to be quite interesting. What I will say about Colombia is that they have... Um, Oh, they have a striker who's named uh, I forget at the moment who Ooh, who is quite injured. Yeah, um, who's a doubt for the game, but he might play anyway. So uh, well, that could be quite. Yeah, interesting. he's well, he's not a striker. He's kind of midfield. But yeah. yeah, I mean that guy's good. But everybody, yeah. man, I mean, Colombia is always is one of those that you they always have talent. Mm. They always have the big stars, and they do good. But for some reason, they never do really good, you know. Mm. So, well, I guess like England, right? You know what? Yeah. What's what's really good about England that it's all English players that play in the Premier League, which is the best. I mean, I think there's no other team that has like other players I, player in their in their league, you know. Which yeah, is cool. it is quite nice. I mean, it's it's quite funny because there's always controversy about. Um, there being too many foreign players in the English Premier League. But ultimately, what it's done to the English game is it has meant that English players need to be really, really, really good in order to get into those teams. Um, because it's such a cash-rich league, right? Uh, it's way easier for teams to necessarily go abroad and buy talent than it is to um, essentially nurture their own talent. Or at least buying abroad is way quicker way to accumulate talent than it is to actually raise your own. So I think we're starting to see the benefits of that at the moment, um, which is really good. Uh, and the fact that this team, like a large proportion of the team that's playing in the English national team now, you know, they won the under 19s championship uh, and they, un I think they won the under euros under 21 championship as wow. well. So, you know, they've, they've got good pedigree uh, and you've got guys in there like, you know, like Harry Kane, who, is super stable. Uh, you've got massively exciting players in there like Jesse Lingard, uh, and you've got Loftus Cheek as well. Who's Linger like is the number seven, right? Yeah, yeah, that guy's brilliant. Good. I've never seen him play this well. Like I've I've been watching him for Man United all season, and he's kind of he's not necessarily a bit part player for Man United, but he he has large periods where he's not necessarily in the starting lineup, uh, and he's just playing brilliantly for England at the moment. Um, so yeah, I how think many it's people are in are in England? Like, how many millions? What? 
Uh, I think it's seventy-two million, something like that. Oh, okay. So it's not like super small compared to. No, 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 no. I think that's what's crazy about Denmark getting so far in this tournament because they're a nation of, I think it's like thirty million or twenty million or something. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Imagine. Yeah. And, and then dude, actually... Iceland's like three million tops. <laughs> so it's like it's it's absolutely bonkers that they get so far as they do. Uh, there's, um, you know, there's there's twelve million people in in LA County. Yeah. <laughs> 12 million people in L.A. County, Los Angeles, California. Oh, God. I'm telling you, man, you could take Iceland if you really wanted to. You know, <laughs> let's see that grudge match happen. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's talk about food, because I was telling you how, like, I've been on the road and everywhere I go, pizza is kind of good, you know. And, you mm. know, since we're talking about sports, first of all, do you have like a thing that you eat, a thing that you drink? Is there like chips and salsa over there? Is there like uh, comfort food that you guys make? Um, yeah, what's the, what's the, when you you and your wife decide to go out? Do you guys do like what do you guys go out to eat? Because like like I was telling you, I mean America is the land of the immigrant, right? And yeah. even though there's some racist people out there, they're still going to eat Mexican. They're still going to eat you know like Chinese. They're still going to eat. Um, Uh, Japanese, they're still going to eat all these kinds of food, even though they're racist. They're still going yep. to be eating all the, you know, great food. I've been on the road for about a month and a half, and Chinese food has been great. Pizza has been great, yep. and me and my family, we just went to have pizza. So, what's you know, in the UK, give us a, uh, what do you guys eat for like a big matchup, or what do you guys so. go for like let's go Saturday night to eat. So sad. So those are two different scenarios, right? Like, so let, let's break it down. So we do a thing called a Sunday roast on Sundays. Uh, and that's basically where you roast like either uh, a beef joint or uh, a chicken or a lamb or duck or whatever. Uh, so we roast that usually takes a few hours and then essentially we have greens and potatoes on the side with a little bit of gravy that that's definitely like creature comfort kind of food um in terms of going out for a saturday night and so wait do, I you, would... do you mean like we as in like it's require like even you guys do it like you and your wife do it on sundays i think it's i think it's uh or is it it's like... an expectation yeah Uh, it, I wouldn't say it's like a requirement, but it's like if you're going to a restaurant on a Sunday, they need to have some kind of roast option. Ah, right? okay, okay. Because yeah. like it's that much expected. Um, in terms of going out on like a Saturday night or a Friday night and you're getting food from somewhere, like uh, the UK is quite, cold, uh, I'd probably say uh, metropolitan. So probably a lot of the things that you'd find in LA would be quite similar to the things that you'd find, let's say, in London. But the difference is that uh, our Mexicans nowhere near as good as any of the Mexican I had while I was in LA, for sure. Uh, but did you uh, have Mexican when you came here? Yeah, yeah, totally, man. Uh, I went to. It wasn't. It was one of the places in LA Live, so it wasn't the ones oh, that God. you recommended when I was over there. Yeah, so it was. But even that was better. Like even that, like, hey, we're a sports bar, but we've got some Mexican dishes on the side. Uh, like even that was better than the Mexican that I've had in the UK. Um, How's so, the pizza? Do you have good pizza? With yeah, it? we we we've got pizza. Uh, I would probably say that um, the sorts of things that you get in a pizzeria are kind of more 
um applicable to the kind of pizza that you get over here so we don't do like do the chicago town deep dish or anything like that but in terms of like the really thin like flowery base um with like you know pizza margarita sausage pizza or whatever uh we have all that uh it's kind of um the uk is kind of a hodgepodge of like different cultural styles really so you know you could get mexican on the street if you really want to do but not good mexican you could get german you could get italian you can get indian so indians probably my like go-to uh creature that's, comfort a, that's thing like Friday, mexican here right because there's such a you know indian immigration in the uk right yeah definitely, that basically definitely. like over here you know that everybody in the kitchen is mexican right and yeah. then over there is the same but with indian right everybody in the kitchen <laughs> is indian right i mean it, it's not quite that it's not quite that far what i would say is that um in most towns or villages there will be at least one indian there'll be one fish and chip shop and there'll be one chinese uh takeaway so fish and chips is basically it's you know just fish uh deep fried and batter uh that's also kind of a creature comfort thing um but with that you'll be able to get you know like uh puree peas uh what else would you get i don't um, i never had fish and chips because i seen how they make it and i'm like i don't want to have a heart attack first of all <laughs> it's batter fish so and then apparently. it's chips and it's like oh no that's two <laughs> fried pieces of thing that i'm gonna put in my mouth i'm like no oh, that's great though dude because the whole plate is beige <sighs> right so that's kind of what you want <laughs> when you've had a like a crazy bad day or you know when you've gone out and you've probably had too much to drink uh fish and chips is great because uh, it absorbs a lot of the alcohol um but i would say in terms of like the worst thing for you when it comes to takeaway like doing the research into pizza curry chinese and stuff like that like fish and chips isn't that bad because yeah okay you've got battered stuff but they don't do anything to the slice of fish before they put it in the batter so the fish is actually quite lean um potatoes not so much potatoes are never lean but uh but yeah that's like that's half of the that's 50 okay i would say you know what one thing that i've been wanted to try forever uh is in It's because uh, Gordon Ramsay has a couple shows here. I hate yep. um, reality TV. I really yep. hate. I hate it with all my guts. But I'm in love with Master Chef and Hell's oh, Kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> Master Chef here, Gordon Ramsay, one of your colleagues, has yep. Master Chef and uh, Hell's Kitchen, and yep. they also have. They always have Beef Wellington. Yeah. And I've been wanting to have Beef Wellington for the past two years. And there's no place that... I think there's places here in LA, but there's no place where I could see the menu and could see the pictures. It's one of those things yeah. that you had to call the restaurant yeah. to see if they're making it that day. Yeah. But I've been wanting to have Beef Wellington for two years. So if I ever move to to Portsmouth to become the new <laughs> marketing manager of Cards of Life... First thing I'm going to do is have Beef Wellington. That would be good. I mean, I, I think you can get a fair representation of Beef Wellington if you have a English sausage roll. I Do you know what? Mm. So that's like, that's like an English. Uh, so basically you get like a pork sausage and you wrap it in puff pastry, but you kind of all cook it together. So like the puff pastry absorbs the fat of the pork uh, and then it tastes 
really good. It's obviously super bad for you, but it tastes really good. Uh, and Beef Wellington's kind of... Uh, so, Hell's Kitchen, my wife is the biggest fan ever. Like, I'm so angry that Netflix have decided to pick up Hell's Kitchen like two, three, four, five seasons because uh, they're all on Netflix at the moment and my wife is literally going through them. So every time I come home from work, I am hearing Gordon Ramsay say something horrible to people that have tried their best, uh, which is quite interesting. Now, the Hell's uh, Kitchen over there, is it the same here? So we used to have Hell's Kitchen over here and I think it got cancelled, but then we've picked up the syndication, like the US syndication of Hell's Kitchen. So, like, we get the USA one. Oh, okay. But through Netflix or... Yeah, yeah. Through Netflix. It's weird. It's oh, really, really okay. weird. Yeah, because over here so is, like... you know, Fox. So, yeah. I mean, Netflix doesn't have it because you could go to Fox and, you know... Oh, yeah, Hell's Kitchen. It's like... You know, there's, like, fucking 14 seasons. Yeah, so dude, I... Good luck with that. horrific. But every... It's so formulaic. Like, every single episode is kind of exactly the same. Like, they don't even mess around with, like, the, the the time mechanics of it. So, like, first 15 minutes is we do an activity. Then we go to break. And then the next five minutes is we will judge their activity. And then we'll talk to them. And then we'll leave it on a cliffhanger. And then we'll go to another break. And then we'll, we'll finally evaluate the activity and then go through the reward for that crew. And then the while well, the other half of the group does kitchen prep. And then that's, like, 10 minutes. And then the five or 20 minutes of the show, every single episode, regardless of anything else, is always them in the actual kitchen doing the serving for that thing. And then the last four minutes is always like, oh, well, that was a pretty shitty serving. Uh, <laughs> right, these two guys, who's going to go up for it? And there's like, oh, it's these last two. And then dramatic music. And then they're like, you, back in line. You, Derek, you can piss off. And then that's it. And then that's the end of the show. That's like every single episode is that formula and it's like until they whittle them down to two and it's like oh my god like please can we stop watching this can we watch anything else oh, it's and, like, no, we gotta get and then the next episode the first five minutes is the recap of the episode yeah. before <laughs> yeah you know i have it a recap after every break kind of with some like quick flashes and like some dramatic music and the goddamn commentary guy ah yeah so yeah. every every time i'm watching masterchef and we have hulu I know yeah. that the first minute and 13 seconds is the recap of the one before. So I forward it to a minute and 13 seconds. And then I know when they're going to go on break. So even before they do the whoosh, I'm always saying yeah. whoosh, whoosh. Because <laughs> I know when the break is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Hell's Kitchen is even worse than MasterChef. MasterChef is more like high-end, you know, pretty yeah, yeah. consistent. Hell's Kitchen is such, such a ghetto show. And the past one, it was the All-Stars. And it was such a ghetto show where, like, stupid drama. And I'm like, I'm not going to watch this. And I watch episode one. And I'm like, this is such a fucking bullshit. And then I watch yeah. episode two. Then I'm on, like, episode 10. And I'm like, all right, I guess I'll watch this. That's the thing, man. It's so easy to watch. It is comfort food in a TV show format, it's ridiculous. What really bugs me is, like, if I was going to go on Hell's Kitchen, I would know how to make Beef Wellington. <laughs> what else do they do? Surf and turf sometimes. No, so and it's Hell's Kitchen. Scallops. Is yeah. Hell's Kitchen is always Beef Wellington in the back. They have yep. the scallops. And they yep. have the, um, what's the rice? The Italian rice? Ah, uh, risotto. Uh, that's, that, it. that's it. That's it. That's it. And then it's like, 
just cook those three things, guys. It's it's all good. Like once you know how to cook those three things, and make sure you put salt in it, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> make sure you don't serve it up raw. And it's like, yeah, then you're done. Look at it. I, I'm not saying it's easy. Obviously, it's not easy, and it's it's like being a chef is an absolute talent. But I'm like, dude, if you're gonna go on that show, like, you know. And it's the funny thing is like you probably could ask your wife. You know that it's a show, right? So they they need ratings, they need drama. So you know that there's a good cook that is not crazy, and there's the crazy bitch. <laughs> so you know that if they put him in the elimination, the good cook that is not crazy is going to go home for some reason. But the yeah. crazy bitch, nah, let's keep her for a couple more episodes. Yeah. It's like not fair. Dude, every season's the same as well. Oh my god, it it stresses me out just thinking about it, man. Like I don't know why. Like, I'm not uh, judgmental usually at all, but like that show, it just totally pushes my buttons for some reason. Uh, but wh which sort of MasterChef do you get? Do you get the USA one or do you get the UK one? Oh, USA. And there's two. Yeah. There's a kids MasterChef and nice. regular MasterChef. Nice. Uh, but it's funny because there's some memes here where like they put Gordon Ramsay talking to kids, which he's like the nicest person and he's like encouraging and like don't you know don't worry about this you could do it and everything and they put an adult and it's like you piece of shit you're throwing everything he's throwing everything on the fucking ground and everything it's the best i mean you gotta you know he was my he he's technically my boss right gordon yeah. ramsay he uh produced fox phenoms which is yeah. the the thing that i voiced over no way yeah did i tell you about this no 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 i didn't tell you this no oh shit so okay so yeah so the uh, fox created a documentary about the world cup the phenoms of the world cup you know that's how i know uh uh dele mb what what is it called i forgot uh oh dembele yeah dembele that's how yeah. i know him from fox phenoms because nice. um i you know i decided to act and voice over and everything and i got this um audition and i went and it turned out to be for fox phenoms and it's that's the name of the documentary is the phenoms of the world cup and gordon ramsey produced the whole thing he voiced it right he's the na uh, narrator and they that's aired so they aired my episode which i'm voicing the um, um a Mexican player called Orbelin Pineda, which yeah. he's like the new phenom of Mexico, right? And uh, he's not like the best. He's not the Messi or, you know, but they're the phenoms, the ones that are coming up and yeah. the ones that are going to be probably the Messi's or the Ronaldo's later on in life, right? Um, and I voiced the whole thing. It was about 15 minutes, the whole thing. And they air it nationally everywhere in the United States. They air it for like a whole hour and they rebroadcasted it on saturday so technically it's it's it was a huge thing i mean my voice yeah. was heard by everybody in the united states if they were watching uh channel yeah. fox you know here in uh, in la is channel 11 but he was actually the main producer of the documentaries nice. so he's technically my boss jose tell me you recorded that man uh no <laughs> i was in new york and oh. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, but I think I'm pretty sure you're going to be able to buy it. So if yeah, anybody yeah, wants yeah. to go and listen to this weird voice being, uh, in a documentary called Fox Phenoms, you could go check it out on Fox 
and it's called Fox Phenoms. And I guess you just need to provide your your thing. The best yeah. thing about it, it was a five episode um, documentary leading up to the World Series. And I'm on the last one. And not only my voice starts the documentary, it finishes it. So the last, <laughs> the last words of the whole documentary, it's my voice, which is, you know, pretty cool, if you might that, ask. That is really cool. Uh, so we have, so we have BT Sport over here, and they steal, sorry, reappropriate <laughs> a lot of uh, Fox Sports stuff. Uh, so yeah, I'll keep an eye out for it, man. It's called, so it's called World Cup Phenoms or something? No, Fox, like, you know, the, the oh, TV. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Fox Phenoms. Fox yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, so so basically, I voiced over a interview by yeah. Orbelin Pineda. So that see, he talks in Spanish. Yeah, and then uh, I voiced the whole interview. And each episode is not only about one player, but it's about five players. So episode five is called the creators, the ones that mm. create, you know, opportunities for you to score, blah blah blah. And they did yeah. that everything, you know, leading up to the World Series. Because, of course, you know, the World Series. Yeah. And, yeah, I didn't know it was going to be this big. I mean, I just went and then uh, I did, um, you know, an audition. They liked me. Yeah. And they told me, uh, you need to go to Fox Studios in L.A. Dude, I was next to the Simpsons, uh, um, <laughs> you know, studios. Wow. And then um, I kind of messed up a little bit because yeah. I couldn't say the word would like I would, so yeah. the not only the studios were amazing. It was like I got in there and I knew I was going to voice track, right? So I'm going to be talking yeah. on a on a microphone, and I get in and there's a big screen where they're showing the interview for me to match the the fucking interview. There's a big yeah. soundboard, and then the director goes like, "All right, let's start," and they have my you know like a you know stand where I could see my lines and everything. Yeah, yeah. And the guy goes like, uh, okay, you can start. And I'm like, there's no microphone. There was literally no microphone <laughs> in front of me. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, yeah, you could. And I'm like, but where's the microphone? And he's like, oh, it's inside something. I couldn't see the microphone. And then <laughs> it's funny because he's, I just started talking and yeah. it recorded really well. And he, sometimes even recorded by me going like this on my on my pants. <laughs> It will record the whole thing. So it was pretty intimidating. And yeah. I was taking it a little bit longer than what they expected to the point that the guy gets out. He opens the door and tells the other guys, like, uh, we're running a little bit late. So please just stand by. We'll be right with you guys. And I was like, what a dick. But what <laughs> they were expecting, like the, the casting was literally, it literally says Mexican accent yeah. with a high voice pitch. So oh, I was that's like, what the player has? Yeah, so I was like, <laughs> perfect. I mean, so... Dude, it's the role you were born for. I mean, yeah. that, that's it. <laughs> but it was incredible because it was broadcast nationwide. And yeah. it was rebroadcast on Fox Sports the next day. So everybody yeah. who was watching the national you know, TV on Fox, which is free here, listened yeah. to my voice. Oh, check me so out. did you so how much did you like because obviously you're guatemalan right yeah so 
did they care about that at all? No, because it really a thing. Because basically, since since I've been here, I adopted the Mexican accent, so nobody thinks yeah. that you know this accent is basically the same for uh, you know a Mexican. So yeah. it doesn't matter. You know, I just sound Mexican no matter what. <laughs> but it was pretty. Cool. It was pretty big, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So who's who's your pick for the World Cup, then, man? Uh, Uruguay. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah. That's that's right. Well, hold it again. It's fine. I mean, you're just talking to a British guy. It's, it's, it's not a problem. That's fine. <laughs> fine. I mean, I, I obviously I, I want England to win, uh, no doubt. But do you uh, think they're going to win? I do you know what, dude? I do, and uh, I say that with a little bit of trepidation. The reason why is that I think that um, all of the so-called classic or classically strong teams in the World Cup have struggled this tournament. Um, but do you think and, that we're you know, good teams. Or it was just the name. Um, I think we've got a really good team this year. I think the fact that they're young and fearless is a really good strength. I also think that, like, living in England, in Portsmouth, uh, which is a football city, um, being in a place where people don't hold much hope for the national team, and then seeing the transformation that's happened over the last couple of weeks where suddenly people are super excited about uh, England's chances. Like, it's nice to believe. I think that the main thing for me is that, you know, when you have England playing, huge tournament, big teams getting knocked out left, right and centre, like, yeah, this could totally be our year. And I, I want to almost be like, as much as I... Like, my heart says that we'll do it, and my head's like, I don't know. Um, I think it's better to be part of it and to be excited about it and to kind of to hope than to not. That's half of the fun of sport, right? Especially when you're following a certain team is to, you know, kind of uh, hope for the best rather than just going pessimistically, oh, yeah, we'll probably do all right, but we'll probably get knocked out. Like, yeah. So, yeah, England's here, for sure. For sure. Let me just say that as a guy whose country probably will never go to the world cup you should always root for england no matter what because england is one of those countries that always goes to the world cup it's yes i don't want to say it's always a contender but you know they play they win it's not like they always go and lose um so just be proud of england man because your nation it's in the world cup Take it from yeah. a guy whose nation is probably never going to be in the World Cup. Go out there and celebrate, cheer, you know, drink up, whatever you had to do. But, you know, be proud because <laughs> at least you have a country in the World Cup, you know? Like, there's some yeah. other people out there that, like myself, that I don't think Guatemala will ever be in the World Cup. So, enjoy it, man. And this year's a yeah. good team. It's a good year for you guys. I mean, I don't want to say that Argentina and Germany were really good, but they're out. Those are big names. Mm. Um, and from the beginning, I think so. Like, can you believe that Italy is not there? Can you believe that, uh, the Netherlands are not there? I mean, USA sucks, but can you believe USA is not in the World yeah. Cup? So from the beginning, what's a weird, a weird World Cup, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, you've still got nations in there like Panama. So I do think there's hope for Guatemala at some point. But <laughs> like, no. Who knows, man? Who knows? Things man, like like people said the same thing about uh about Iceland like ten years ago, twenty years ago. So you never know. You never know. I know I remember 
there being World Cups and Luxembourg or San Marino or crazy tiny principalities were in it. So, yeah, who knows? <laughs> well, <laughs> now let me ask you this. Who is the rival, the country that you guys really don't like? Oh, it's always Germany. 100%. Oh, really? Always Germany. Yeah, always Germany. Oh, wow. Well, I think, it, you know, Germany's got that historic World War II thing. But more than that, way more than that, because, like, you know, that's a completely different type of Germany, right? Um, we are have... So I think in Italian 90, we were knocked out by Germany. In Euro 1996, which was hosted by us, it was in the UK, we were knocked out by Germany. So, yeah, it seems like our two nations have always kind of been intermingled in terms of, like, seeing people at football tournaments. And also, we beat them in the World Cup final in 1966. Uh, I think uh, it was West Germany, I think. So, yeah. Really? Yeah. In Germany? Yeah. Uh, no, it was in the... Again, it was uh, it was in the UK. Um, Wait, it was you guys in, won? At Wembley. Oh. Yeah, we've already won a World Cup. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. In, in England? Yeah, in 1966. Uh, and then we had the Euros in 1996. So and you, we you guys, you guys won a World Cup... Yeah. In England? Yeah. Holy shit. No wonder you guys but, haven't won it again. I mean, that has to be like one of the best things in the world, right? To yeah. win a World well, Cup. I, obviously, I wasn't around in 1966. But yeah, I, I imagine it was amazing. Kind of and super jealous of that generation that they got that. Wow. But, um, you know, that final watching that in the uk it's like a religion uh it's amazing it's on like every world cup it's on a channel at some point and you can watch it it's brilliant oh really so good so it's one of those yeah. memories that oh yeah i like jeff hurst complete national icon like he i think he did he the, get a hat trick in the final wait, i can't did remember he, did he get knighted uh yeah i think he did but for <laughs> services to football because he does loads for charity as well oh. um so yeah it's um it's cool. Dude, you should totally Google the 1966 World Cup. I'm going to have uh, to England watch it. I, I may, maybe I could buy the DVD. I'm pretty sure I England totally is could. buying it. I mean, I think I think we must produce them. I think we send them to people that don't really want them. Um, <laughs> just as a, like a reminder. Uh, I even think the one of our daily newspapers might have done a stunt where we like tried to um, in the run up to the Germany World Cup in I think it was either 2002. Or maybe 2006. I think they they did a thing where six, they, like six. they peppered, yeah, like they peppered Berlin with like a uh, like drops of this final <laughs> like DVDs. Yeah, it's uh, it's not good. It's not good because that's like borderline hate crime, right? That's not cool. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> that aside, man, we've talked about the World Cup for a long time. I yeah. So this well, is it's it's part of being a dad, right? I mean, yeah. people in the United States don't understand how big the world cup is you know it's one of those things that i'm glad the united states didn't go to the world cup because uh there's a video out there when uh the panama um announcer uh, during that game where panama classified at the end qualified at yeah. the end of the of the of the like game the qualification like so the, yeah. It was so. Let me tell you this story about I was doing a show in um, in San Clemente, which is like an hour and a half to two hours uh, drive from LA to um, to my house. I mean, to mm -hmm. from there to my house. 
And I was coming back that day where all the qualifiers were happening. You know, South America, here in the in the United States, which is the CONCACAF and the Comebol. Yep. And in a period of two hours, it was one of those things where Argentina was out, Paraguay was in, Chile was in, Peru was out, Colombia was out. And then the games were you know, going, 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 and then people start scoring, people start going this, and in a, in 30 minutes, Argentina was in, Chile was out, Paraguay was out, Peru yeah. uh, was, you know, not out, but Colombia was in already, and then in the CONCACAF, it was one of those things where Costa Rica was still in, USA was still in, uh, Panama was out, Honduras was in, and um, I forgot the other country was, you know, still contenders. And then in 30 minutes, that's when everything happened, where Mexico lost against Honduras. But USA was losing against Trinidad and Tobago. And then Panama scored a miracle goal at the end, where yeah. disqualified the United States, disqualified Honduras, put Mexico, Costa Rica, and Panama inside the World Cup. Wow. And there's a video out there where everybody knows that the USA is out and all that Panama needs to do is win. And they were tied. They were tied 1-1 or 2-2, I forgot. Yeah. And it was like the last two minutes and this guy scores a goal and Panama is in the World Cup for the first time in their history. Yeah. The guy starts saying, Panama, he starts crying. He starts saying, thank yeah. you, Jesus. Thank you. I love my country. <laughs> He's crying. His voice is cracking. He's like a little girl that, you know, the first time he ever had a, has, a, has a toy. And yeah. I always play that to any American. Be like, if the United States will qualify to the World Cup, you guys will be another day. Who cares, right? It's all about yeah. American football here. So I was glad that the United States didn't go because... Somebody like Panama, that the whole country probably cried that day, you know, yeah. was able to go to the World Cup, which is the biggest, you know, sports, you know, competition in the world. Every four years, you know, people will wake up, uh, myself included, at six in the morning every day just to watch a game that, you yeah. know, so I could see Messi, so I could see Ronaldo, so I could see Suarez in their yeah. team. You know, the World Cup is... It unites people for a month and a half, you know, and then after that, everybody hates each other. But, you know, <laughs> it is really nice to meet people and just have something immediately that you can talk to them about um, in the UK because uh, everyone's watching the World Cup, like everyone, like no one's not watching it. Even people who are usually like, oh, I'm not interested in football or whatever, like everyone gets that swept up in it. Uh, and I think that that whole collective consciousness thing is really, really, really powerful. Um, but you guys have got the World Cup with Canada and Mexico. Is it 2026 or something? You told me that. Like, you sent me a text yeah. saying, like, you guys got the World Cup. And I didn't... I thought you were talking about the, the Olympics. And, yeah. yeah, 2026. But it's a shared World Cup. It's Mexico, yeah. Canada, and the United States. I don't know how but that L is going to... LA will totally get a game, though. And I think Seattle will as well. Because they're, like, the main places, from what I can tell from an outsider, that are kind of interested in football. Mm, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. everybody should be rooting... In LA, everybody should be rooting for Mexico, you know? Like, like yeah. I told you, right? Like, 
I don't like Mexico and I'm always against Mexico and I just like to fuck with people. I don't care. Now I'm like, I'm rooting for Mexico tomorrow. You know, it's like, I'm sure they're going to lose, but I'm rooting, you know, adding, I wasn't mad when Mexico won against Germany. And after seeing Germany lose against South Korea, I was, I was more mad than disappointment because it was, yeah what a disgrace you know same thing with argentina poor messi man but whatever yeah 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 yeah. dude we've been talking about world cup for a whole hour we haven't said shit about <laughs> our kids or <laughs> well yeah uh so i'm about to take my son to nursery i guess we could talk about that so he's kind of so what happens in the you so say nursery is kind of like play school it's like um it's kind of the only thing i can used to describe it actually so like uh like i said he's he's coming up to six months old uh my wife's starting to go back to work and we want him to start interacting with other kids uh because he's a he's a lonely child um and he's got nieces and nephews and stuff or uh i, I think they're uh cousins he's got cousins that's it i always struggle with that and uh we, we took him to play school and nursery uh and we're just sat there with him so play school and nursery is basically it's really weird. Like, if we go to a really nice one where they Wait, start you, from, like... You sat with them? So, yeah, you, so you didn't the, drop them so, off? No. So, for the first couple of sessions, what you do is you're supposed to, like, stay with them so that they know they're in, like, a safe place by association. And then uh, after that, yeah, totally, you can just, just chuck them at the teachers and then leave. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so, we did that last week. And I tell you, man, like, play school's a trip. Uh, I never really thought about it before. Um, but the place where we're taking them, like, they do all the way up to uh, all the way up to school age. So, up to the age of four in the UK. And um, you, as you're kind of the baby bits right at the very end of the building. And there's, like, bits up to year we're like age one two and three um and when we got to this room at the end there was like two kind of uh two adults with these like six uh six babies uh no there wasn't that many there's probably more like four but like watching these kids interact with each other is like hilarious because they have no idea of social norms so i literally saw like one baby stand on another baby's head and the response to that, one of the carers was like, oh, no, 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 don't do that. Just do it nicely. Stroke him nicely. And you're like, no, that guy just stood on that guy's head. Like any other place in society that wouldn't be acceptable. But uh, but in this place, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, you know, it's I think for my son, it's going to be really good for his social development. And, uh, you know, they got loads of toys um it might mess up his sleep schedule but that's okay uh so yeah with it's it's on the one part quite sad because they're like oh my god he's on the next part of his like educational journey if you like um and he's he's a little bit independent and there's going to be some time like i think it's only a couple of hours a week that we're, that we're planning on taking him there yeah i was um, going to ask how many hours on, on two different days uh oh not bad but uh, yeah but it's gonna be it's gonna be quite interesting i think it's gonna hit my wife pretty hard i think um yeah but we'll we'll really see we'll see so i'll have some stories about that next time for sure why do you guys um because why do you guys doing it because to for him Uh, to have that interaction or because you need to because of your it's just my my uh, my wife going back to work for a couple of days a week. Oh, like, okay. So she does, yeah. she's not going back to work as a full time. 
No, uh, no, not really. Not really. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah, well, the reason I'm asking is because that's what my girlfriend does. Yeah. My girlfriend literally does does that. She's a teacher in, a, I guess, nursery for you guys, which mm. is a preschool daycare over here. Yeah. And yeah, like um, you could take your, your son since I think he's three months or something. Yeah. And, yeah. And, which is and, insane. Three months yeah. is crazy. And uh, uh, not only that, but you could, and the same thing goes here. Like you could take it from three months all the way to school age, which here is five. So mm. they have my teachers in charge of the toddlers, which is one and two years old. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I seen I seen everything. But the funny thing about <laughs> it is like, uh, here is just like parents literally don't want to be with their kids because like they drop them off. They could drop them off at seven in the morning till six p.m. Wow. And there's some parents that either they're super busy or they just don't want to be with their kids, and they do it. They would drop yeah. them off at seven in the morning, pick them up at six, and sometimes they don't even pick them up at that time. And sometimes even when they're they have fevers and they need to, you know, keep him home, they don't keep him home. They take him to, <laughs> to school. <laughs> uh, and um, but yeah, that's basically what my girlfriend does. She's a teacher. And here's uh, I, she says that it's four kids, depending on the age, it's four kids per teacher. So, for wow. example, if it's um, if there's three teachers, they could only be, you know, 12 kids and things like that. Mm. And it all changes depending on the on the age so for example your son will be more teachers because there's more work the smaller they are the more work you know they have because you know they're Mm -hmm. babies you have to be changing them you have to be taking care of them you have to they require a lot of like but let me tell you let me tell you this that do it because i seen i mean my son is my son and he's going to be the best no matter what but I used to work with, um, I used to give rides for, you know, and a train to little kids. And I seen a lot of kids. And for what my son is doing, how my son is reacting, how my son is talking, for what my son does, uh, for what my son knows, mm. it's, I encourage you to do it even more days if you can. It's yeah. going to be, my son still needs to be independent. But that's our fault because it's our only child and we do everything for him and mm. we pamper him a lot. So he still needs to develop his uh, independence uh, and be more independent. But as a, you know, as a education, as a, you know, development is really, really good, you know. And of course, there's always going to be something bad in because you never know the teachers, you know. Yeah, Fortunately, yeah. my girlfriend knows everybody. You know, so and she's been working there for fin- for 10 years and she knows how everybody is. She kn- she knows everybody. So we're lucky enough to know everybody and know that my son is in good you know hands. I cannot speak to for what you're going to go through, but I think as a school and for what your son is going to take and everything, it's a really good yeah. it's a really good thing that you're doing that. And it, it also gives you free time. Yeah, I it's 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 uh it's an amazing thing to do. Like we're really glad to have the opportunity to do it. And I, I think you're right. Like uh, the only reason why we're doing uh this amount of days at the moment is to just kind of see how he how he adapts to it and stuff. Uh but uh yeah, it's certainly gonna be interesting. Uh <laughs> dropping him in tomorrow for the first time with my wife and then we leave him. Uh, it's gonna be bonkers. 
it's gonna be absolutely bonkers bring, but yeah, bring your tissues cool. yeah definitely man definitely and then you're going to be worried the whole day and you're going to finally you know you're, you're going to be calling your 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 wife did you pick him up yet? Did you pick him up yet? Yeah, is, he yeah. okay? is he okay? Is he okay? Is he okay? Has anyone stood on his head? Has he got any footprints <laughs> on his head or anything? <laughs> yeah. Pretty, oh, pretty no. Much. Like, That's how it's going to go. Yeah, there's always... It could be your son. You never know. But yeah. it's always this rough kid in the class. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a kid in, uh, in, in my son's class that he has been with him most of the time. Because, you, you know, it's... If they're classmates and they continue to be there, they're, you know, it goes by age. So they will always yeah. be there. So there's this kid that is just, let's just say his parents probably don't say anything to him. So he does what the fuck, whatever the fuck he wants. Um, <laughs> to the point that I had taught my son how to defend himself and push back wow. and how to kick and wow. everything. Because I always tell him, like, I put, I, put my hand on his chest and I push him and I say if somebody if so and so pushes you you had to hit the hand and push him back and he knows how to do that because there's this kid that starts with a J and they call him something something uh, so <laughs> you know there's times where he comes back and he'll be like so and so push me and you know and you're yeah. like you know, or sometimes I would be like, oh, some because, you know, they cannot really tell you who pushes who because it's against school policies. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah. It's so like, what, what happens in the playground stays in the playground kind exactly. of thing? So, what the fuck? Uh -huh, so, <laughs> but I, uh, one time I went and I'd be like, well, I know I'm not supposed to know, but let's just say if this is kid, you know, if he does it again. So they protect my son more. And, yeah. um, but he, it's funny because he, there's uh his best friend is one of the um the sons of another teacher. And this I call them the brain and the muscle because my son is not the muscle, but he's the brain. And this yeah. little kid, he's tough. He's best friend, but he doesn't talk. I yeah. think he has like a speech impediment or like he's really not out there, but this kid could fall from two stories down. He will get up and whatever, right? So I think he's the muscle for my son. So he defends him <laughs> and everything. He's his best friend, you know. You know they do everything together. So I call my my nice. son the muscle and this other kid. I call him the. I know I call my son the brains and I call this this little kid uh, the muscle because they protect it to each other. Nice. nice. Uh, yeah, but no, uh, it's going to be a good thing. Um, it's going to be harder on you first, and hopefully you you know you will see good things coming out. You know, for that because you know it's going to be a good thing. But like I told you in the book, uh, you're going to bring a lot of germs, yeah. a lot of germs. Yeah. Your son is going yeah. to be exposed to more germs. Your son is going to be exposed to more uh, sickness. So there's going to be a lot of you know, which is a good thing, but in a bad way because you yeah. know it's a good thing. It's going to, he's going to develop his you know his immune system and everything, but you're going to be in the receiving end where he's going to get a lot of fevers. He's going to get yeah. a lot of sicknesses that usually he would not get if he was always at home and things like that. Like I told you, like one time he had 105 fever. We didn't know what it yeah. was and blah, blah, blah. So expect for your son to be more sick than others because he's going yeah. to be sharing germs and he's going to be sharing everything and you you know you are a clean person but that doesn't mean the other parent is a clean person 
You know yeah. what I mean? And it doesn't matter yeah. that the kid is clean because the kids don't know anything about cleanliness and stuff like that. No. I still but remember my son gave me a, um, he put something in my mouth and it was a burger and <laughs> I discovered the wrong way, but. <laughs> what, uh, well, you know, my son's going through a stage of uh, trying to puke inside people's mouths. So, um, <laughs> or puke into people's mouths. So, uh, yeah. He's definitely narrowly doing that, but he's also in the in the stage where he just wants to put everything in his mouth as well, yeah. like everything. Like, uh, yeah, it, it's crazy. So, yeah, we're, we're anticipating that, but it, it'll it'll be okay. I think it's part of it's part of the whole thing at, at, at his age, right? Like yeah. that's six months to one year. That that's kind of that's the window where you expose them to everything. So, yeah, yeah. it's gonna be interesting. I'll definitely have some stories for sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, we've been talking a lot of sports about the World Cup and a little bit about being a parent, uh, yeah. which it's okay because we're parents and the World Cup is going on. And us as dads, the World Cup is pretty, we only get to watch it every four years. So yeah. So if yeah. you're listening and you were bored by minute 15, <laughs> we apologize. If you're still listening to expect some advice... Our advice is watch the World Cup, I guess. <laughs> yes. Watch the World Cup. Introduce your son and daughters or daughters to uh, brave new things. And uh, yeah, even if you don't like football, uh, give the World Cup a go. It's the best chance you'll have to watch, you know, football and enjoy it. I think a little bit like the Olympics is the best chance to watch, you know, archery and stuff like that. World Cup's the same thing for football. Yeah. So who do you think in the, is the final? I think it will probably be, I think Mexico are going to beat Brazil tomorrow. Ah, no way. Uh, I probably, I think it's either going to be a Mexican-England final. No. Uh, or uh, I think it could be, I'm just trying to think about the brackets of the draw. I would really fancy Russia now. They've got a lot of momentum behind them. Um, a lot of drugs. it could be quick potentially uh and the other my outside shout is belgium as well when england played them they had a lot of strength and depth in that squad uh and eden hazard is so he's probably the best player i've ever seen play in the flesh uh when he played at southampton he absolutely teared our team apart last season um so yeah uh belgium let's so let's go so you think it's going to be a it could be a rematch it could be like the final could be belgium uh it could be Belgium, England. Yeah, potentially. I mean, I I personally would love to see that. Uh, and because they were both in the groups and they're in different brackets of the draw, the only way they can meet each other is in the final. So, yeah, that's that's my pick. England-Belgium final. Let's go for that. Well, I think it's going to be Uruguay against England. But who knows? Yeah. You guys have Colombia. You never know what Colombia could we do. do. Uh, we, we'll, I'm, I'm quietly confident about Colombia. Quietly confident. Quiet. <laughs> I'm so ready to eat my words next podcast, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, once again, this is how to be a dad without a dad. We talk about being a parent. Not today. <laughs> <laughs> today we talk about all about the World Cup, uh, yeah. but that's what parenting is. We are. We work hard. We put our money to our family. We try to do everything that we can to have um, provide everything for our kids, for our family. And, you know, once every four years, we get to watch soccer a lot. And, yeah. uh, you know, only in the United States, you call it soccer. 
But um, it's the World Cup, damn it. And then go watch it. Yep. It's only yep. once every four years and it's the biggest competition in the world, uh, yep. literally. And so this podcast will not be about too much about parenting, but it will be about being a parent. Being a parent means that you like sports. You like to share things with other parents. And like Andy and I, we like to watch uh, football and we like to share about what we think, what we don't like, what we like. And once in a while, it's okay to do that. It's okay to go and watch the World <laughs> Cup. It's okay to have some fun with your friends. It's okay to spend some money on stupid things. Because yep. if you're a loving, responsible parent, you're always going to put your family first. And then once in a while, you get to watch the World Cup, you know, talk about the World Cup. And, you know, uh, hopefully England goes to the final. You never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be awesome. I think it's all about it's all about showing your sons or daughters what you're passionate about, and we happen to be passionate about the World Cup. And it's only like it lasts what two and a half weeks, three weeks, something like that this time. So yeah. Oh, the Not World Cup. I longer. think it's a a month and a week, so it's um about one month, so five weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's not far off now. Not yeah. Far off. Two weeks is but going you, to be gone. Yeah. But next episode, Jose would definitely do. We'll, we'll talk more about fatherhood. <laughs> next episode, no <laughs> sports. Yeah, and or then, a little bit, tiny and, bit. And then we start talking like, about the World Cup, and then boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not the whole hour. Our last episode was pretty a hit, so hopefully this one will get at least more than five plays. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Let's hope so. Let's uh, do you want to give a shout out to anybody? Um. No, not really. Uh, I guess shout out to uh, my brother-in-law, Paul, um, who basically took me out kayaking uh, and I've never been kayaking before. Um, so shout out to him. Shout out to my wife. Shout out to my son. And uh, yeah, uh, shout out to England as well. Hope they do the right thing and bring it home. That'd be ace. Yeah. Well, shout out to everybody that uh, has been helping me on the road. Um, it's been uh, uh, an adventure. I'm glad to be home. I've been home for a couple of days. I'm going to be hitting the road next week. I'm going back to Philly. I'm going to be in New York. Then I'm probably going to be back for a little bit. And I'm going to be on the road more. Uh, I went to, um, after our podcast last time, I went to check out um, um, Rockies, Colorado Rockies game. I like to go to uh, different baseball um, parks. I've been to 15 baseball parks, baseball stadiums in the United States. We'll talk about that probably next podcast. We've been talking about too much sports. It looks like we're going to be <laughs> still talking about sports in the next podcast, but we'll have some different stories. Uh, we apologize if we're just putting the World Cup on top, but it's the World Cup, so suck it. Uh, yeah. yeah, so if you guys want to follow Andy, you could follow Andy on uh, on Twitter at Gaming Goodness, uh, all one word. Yeah, and uh, you can follow me on Instagram at How to Be a Dad Without a Dad. You can also go to my website, josedelarroca.com, josedelarroca.com. Until next time, you guys are listening to How to Be a Dad Without a Dad. Thank you. Cheers, guys.